On today's show, we're looking back at Nestor Cortez's 2022. He was the Yankees' ace this season. Sorry, Garrett Cole, but it's true. And we're going to talk about what went right, what went wrong, and what the future may hold for Mr. Cortez. Plus, there's some qualifying offer news and silver slugger news. So get ready, because an all-new Locked on Yankees starts now. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. And yes, today is Thursday. I believe I said yesterday was Thursday. I apologize. The days are running together. What can I say? Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a lapsed baseball writer turned podcast host, and I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So we're talking about the ace of the staff, Nestor Cortez Jr., which... If you told anyone at the beginning of the season that the Yankees' ace for 2022 was going to be Nestor Cortez Jr., they would have looked at you like you had 10 hits because no one saw this coming. And if you say that you did, you're a lying liar who lies. No one saw this coming. (laughs) Just like no one saw the Yankees getting out to that really insane start. And part of the reason why they got off to that insane start was Nestor Cortez Jr., So there was hesitation about him coming into 2022 because he only pitched 93 innings in 2021. He doesn't throw very hard. He's not one of those guys who's going to mow people down. And I don't know. It was just really unbelievable to watch him do what he did this season. Now, obviously, one of his best games that he had was when he struck out 12 against the Orioles. That happened relatively early in the season. He also threw four and one-third innings in his first start, which is, you know, four and one-third, eh, but scoreless, cool. And he also had an immaculate inning in that 12 strikeout game. Just unbelievable stuff. So while the Yankees were on that crazy tear to open up the season... Cortez had a 1.50 ERA through June 2nd, and even at that point, people were talking Cy Young for him, which was, you know, a little premature, just like it was premature to think that the Yankees were going to do better than the 1998 Yankees or even the 2001 Seattle Mariners, but I digress. You know how baseball fans get, they get a little too excited, and things happen. He made it to the All-Star Game. He pitched an inning with his battery mate, Jose Trevino, and in one of the best moments that has ever happened in an all-star game, I don't care what anyone says, they were both mic'd up and we got to listen to how they communicate to each other while Cortez is on the mound and Trevino is behind the plate. And I have to say, I was having a really good time, one, listening to them and watching them, but two, seeing... Yankee haters 
begrudgingly talking about Cortez and Trevino and being like, okay, this is actually really cool. And they're making me not hate the Yankees as much. So kudos to those guys for doing that. But yeah, that was a, a lot of fun. And we saw more guys get mic'd up after that. That kind of that kind of spurred a movement in a way because people liked it so much. And it was just a really interesting look at the process of pitching and calling pitches. And it was great. So in 28 games, 158 and one-third innings, Cortez finished with a 2.44 ERA, a 9.27 K per nine, a 2.16 walk per nine, a 0.91 home run per nine. That's why he's the ace. He didn't give up 33 home runs in the regular season. But we'll talk about that when we do Cole's episode. And he got a 3.6 F war. That's Fangraph's war, in case you don't know what that is. You all know what war is, right? I'm sure you do. Wins above replacement. Pretty good for a guy who was questionable coming into 2022. And I did the same thing with him that I did with Judge. And I looked at his WPA, the win probability added by pitcher. And his top five games, three were in May, which was when he was really good. And in those three games, one was seven and one third, two were eight innings. Then he had a game in September against Boston. He pitched six innings and a game against Baltimore on July 24th that he pitched six innings. The game against... Texas on May 9th was his highest game by win probability added by player. And as I said yesterday, a change of plus one or minus one would indicate one win added or lost. For this game, he got a 0.432. Seven and one third innings, four walks, 11 strikeouts, only one hit. Now that game against Baltimore... Let's see. Oh, wait, that's right. He had a second game against Baltimore when he had um, 12 strikeouts. That happened October 1st. But the game against Baltimore on April 17th, he had those 12 strikeouts in only five innings. (laughs) That's crazy. So, yeah, 158 and one-third innings, and the longest outings were those eight-inning starts. One against the Chicago White Sox on May 15th and the other against the Tampa Bay Rays on May 26th. Again, he was on a roll through June 2nd with that 1.50 ERA. And it was just a pleasure to watch him. You know, he's not a typical pitcher. He does that funky wind-up thing that he likes to do. And people go nuts when he does it. And I joked on the show that I attempted to do that wind-up and nearly broke my ankle. Uh, I attempted it in my den. Don't, I suggest you don't do that. So a lot went well for Nestor Cortez. Not going to win a Cy Young. You might see some votes for him though, you know, down the ballot, but just an unbelievable year. An un, no, it's not unprobable. The word is improbable. (laughs) So if he does get any Cy Young votes, Just, that's amazing. This year was improbable. No one, as I said when I started the segment, no one expected this from Nesta Cortez. 
And it was so much fun watching him. And I really just, God, it was such a pleasure watching him. Can he repeat this in 2023? We don't know. So what went wrong for Nestor Cortez? Well, it has to do with injury. It has to do with injury. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe season for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US. News and World Report, and that was for the third year in a row. It's a whole security system. It has advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. It has HD security cameras for both inside your house and outside. There's motion detectors and hazard sensors. It detects fires, floods, and other threats to your home. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. So don't miss your chance to save big. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So what went wrong for Nestor Cortez Jr.? Mainly, it was an injury problem. He had a brief stint on the IL from late August to early September. And it was a groin injury, and at the time it seemed more precautionary, and I think I joked that it was a phantom IL trip because I didn't really believe he was hurt. It didn't seem like he was hurt. And it also seemed like that IL trip was to help him rest because he had surpassed his innings total, his highest innings total ever for his professional career. And he did really well, again, as I mentioned, he had the 12 strikeout, one hit performance against the Orioles on October 1st. And I know people will say, it's the Orioles. But hey, the Orioles finished above 500 and they didn't finish in last place in the AL East. So <laughs> that's nothing to demean, belittle. You know what I'm saying. So Cortez ended up re-aggravating the groin in his one ALCS start. He walked three guys in two innings. And he hadn't walked more than four all season. He had four in that one start that I told you about with the 11 strikeouts against Texas. And this will bother me forever. And I keep talking about Aaron Boone's bullpen decisions. It was clear something was wrong with Cortez before he gave up the three-run home run to Jeremy Pena that tied the game. Because the Yankees had a 3-0 lead in that game. And I know it was early, and I was thinking the same thing at the time. That it's too early. The Astros can score. The Yankees need to score more. And, you know, it wasn't a 2020 hindsight thing at all. It You could tell something was wrong with Cortez. 
He already doesn't pitch that fast, and his velocity was down by five miles an hour. Instead of hitting 92, he was hitting 87. So it was clear that something was wrong with him before he gave up that home run to Jeremy Pena. And that was a bummer that his spectacular season ended on a note like that, especially because the Yankees were looking to not get swept by the Astros and (laughs) they were looking for their ace Cortez to come out and try and help them not be swept by the Astros. And yeah, it just didn't happen. So, (laughs) I mean, what are you going to do, right? These things happen. It's baseball. That's just the way things go. And yes, it's a bummer, but I'm so proud of him for what he did. I really am. He said that his lowest point in his career was when he was DFA'd by the Orioles, when the Orioles were a last place team. And I said this on another show. He treated every day like it could be his last day pitching. That's how he came out. That's how he prepared. And he was just happy to be here, you know? And he just did so well this season. And the Yankees really needed him to because other pitchers weren't doing as well as the Yankees had hoped. Or they didn't figure things out. Or they got injured, like Severino was missing for a long time and the Yankees had to plug other guys in. And it was just nice that, for the most part, Nestor Cortez Jr., was the reliable spot in the rotation. So yeah, there wasn't much that went wrong with him this past season. So this is what Cortez said about the Pena home run, which I think is interesting. Um, Because as I said, even though Boone and the training staff, like they checked on him and they still left him in to face Pena and it was one of those, what are you doing moments? I, I mean, I get it because this is the guy who's your ace. But as I said, his velocity was down. His command was all over the place. It, he, it was clear something was not right. And there are situations when you're a manager of a baseball team where you say, you know what? I'm going to take you out because something's wrong and I don't want you. I don't want things to get worse. So this is what he says. I don't think there's regret. As a competitor and as a guy who wants to do the best he can, I gave it my all. I've always said for my career, I'm going to pitch until everything gives out. Obviously, it probably wasn't the smartest decision for me to stay in there and tell Boone I was great. I don't regret staying in there, though. I thought I was able to compete and give quality innings. It just sucks that it didn't go as planned, and it set the table for Houston to come back on us and do what they did. Again, Boone, they always talk about Boone being a player's guy, and... He should have known something was really wrong. Something was really wrong. But Cortez did save the Yankees' rear ends in Game 5 against Cleveland, which was a good start for him. So, yeah, just injuries. It's just the groin injury, and it was just a bummer to see a season end that way. And I know that when I saw him leaving the mound against Houston that night, I kind of felt it, you know, when you feel like that pain in your chest when something bad happens, or am I the only person who feels that? (laughs) That's what I felt when I saw Nestor Cortez leave that game. It was a bummer. So in a moment, we'll discuss the future and what it may hold for Nestor Cortez. Plus, qualifying offers went out 
Silver Slugger Awards went out, and we'll talk about it all. But first... So what does the future hold for Nestor Cortez as a starter for the New York Yankees? He's arbitration eligible in 2023. He's a free agent in 2026. So he'll be around a while. Plus, let's see, he's turning 30 not until 2024 and the end of 2024. So... The Yankees have two full seasons of him not being 30, so that's good. <laughs> he was born December 10th, 1994, in case you didn't know that. And as I said, it's just it's just amazing what he's done to come out like this. You know, in his career, he's pitched 330 and one-third innings. And 158 and one-third of those innings was in 2022. He's 19 and 9 in his career. He was 12 and 4 this season. In his career, he baseball reference. His WAR was 5.9. Like overall his his WAR is 5.9 cumulative. In 2022, his B WAR is 4.2. His Fangraphs WAR is a little bit lower. His B WAR is 4.2. It's just amazing what he's doing. And according to baseball reference, they do have early projections, but this is what they see for him. An eight and five record, a 3.02 ERA, 143 innings, 17 home runs, 146 strikeouts, 40 walks. Interesting. That'd be really interesting. <laughs> because in 158 and one-third innings, he had 163 strikeouts. That's a nice ratio there because you always want more strikeouts than innings. And again, he's not going to overpower you. He's not Garrett Cole. He's not going to throw, you know, 250 strikeouts with no issues. And 12 and four. He was 12 and four. He was just unbelievable this season. His ERA plus was 159 also. You know, he gave up 16 home runs, but compared to Garrett Cole's 33, that's pretty good. Only giving up 16 home runs in the regular season. <laughs> so Nestor Cortez had a magnificent 2022. And, you know, could he repeat it in 2023? I mean, he's in the prime of his career, right? Baseball players usually hit their prime in their late 20s. And he's turning 28 next month, a month from a month from today, because today's November 10th. And it is possible that he could do close to what he did, because the greatest thing about him is Andrew McCutcheon was talking about it. He said that Nestor Cortez pitches like the way he holds the ball makes it look like the ball is coming much faster at you and he can get away with that. He changes everything throughout the game. So he's approaching guys differently as he goes on with arm angles and you know as I said the velocity is not really that high but it's not bad it's not like he's throwing 85 miles an hour he's throwing like a normal dude at 92 93 sometimes 94 he's not like these guys who are coming out and throwing 98 
to 100. And sometimes that works in his favor because a lot of these hitters are expecting guys to be throwing that hard, and it's sometimes hard to adjust. But again, there's deception there, and it makes the ball look like it's coming to you or coming at you faster when it's not. And yeah, he just, he's amazing. He really is. And I hope that, I hope that his groin heals. He's still rehabbing it. And hopefully he'll be perfectly healthy for spring of 2023. And if he has a similar year to 2022, it doesn't have to be the exact same. I mean, it would be great if he could have a year that was better than 2022, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Okay, so two things about Aaron Judge today. He won his third Silver Slugger Award, which is not shocking. He's going to win the MVP, too. And the Yankees extended qualifying offers to him and to Anthony Rizzo. And then besides the qualifying offers for Rizzo and Judge, the Yankees have added right-hander Jimmy Cordero to their Major League roster. They also allowed Tim Locastro to go into free agency because he didn't want to accept an assignment. So there are some baseball things happening. Nothing major yet. GM meetings are happening. Cashman says that, you know, the Yankees are prepared to talk to Judge, which, um, yes, thank you. That would be great, Brian. We'd really appreciate it. (laughs) Justin Verlander opted out of his contract with the Astros. People are like, oh, the Yankees should get him. The Yankees have tried to get him, and he won't come here. And... I don't want him to come here only because I know that if he does come here, he's not going to do as well as he's done in Houston. You know, it's going to happen. You know it. You know it. It's going to be World Series, Justin Verlander, except for the last game that he pitched. Um, The usual World Series, Justin Verlander will be appearing for the Yankees if he signs with them, but he wouldn't. I don't think he would come here. Okay, so the (laughs) before I go, I have to say. There are things happening on Twitter that are not good, (laughs) mainly that people can buy verification for $8 and they're putting up fake accounts that are making it look like things are happening. Now, this says New York Jankies, but it has the logo. And if you don't look at it, like if you look at it in passing, you think it's the Yankees and someone tweeted out the New York Yankees have re-signed Aaron Judge to a nine-year, $530 million contract with player options every three years. And people are retweeting it. $530 million. There will be a $500 million baseball player. Probably won't happen for another five years. Maybe longer than that. By 2030. It's not going to be Aaron Judge. It's not going to be Aaron Judge. So so just be careful when you're on social media, especially Twitter, because things are going awry and there are going to be a lot of people making fake profiles to trick you. And the trick is if you hit the check mark on someone's profile, it'll tell you whether or not they paid the $8 for the check mark. If you hit my check mark, I got it when I was working for baseball places, which is why I have it. I've had it for six years. So I actually was like a a legit person at one point. <laughs> if you hit my check mark, it'll say this person is notable f- 
because blah, blah, blah. And if you hit the check mark of someone who paid for it, it'll tell you that they paid for it. So that's how you can spot a fake now. It takes an extra step, but just be safe out there in the Twitter streets because people are going crazy and doing weird things. So next up, we're going to talk about Anthony Rizzo. We're going to look at his 2022 and talk about what went right, what went wrong, and what does the future hold now that he's opted out of his contract and the Yankees have given him or uh, presented him with a qualifying offer. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember that you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment, and click the bell so you know when our videos go up. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday, and I will talk to you tomorrow. 